When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Before we hop in and really get started on this week's information, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there is an option with this podcast that you can leave a voice message to me. Maybe you want to tell me how great you thought this episode was, how great you thought the show was. Maybe you want to tell me ideas that you have that could be better. Whatever you want to say, you have an option for me to be able to hear it. With that, Over the last week, I received an incredible voice message that I am going to put on the show. When you leave me voice messages, there is a possibility that I will play it on a future episode. Here's the one that I decided to share with you guys this week. As I said, Hey, I just wanted to thank you for your podcast. It's wonderful. Like, absolutely. The information is invaluable. Um, I'm a you know a psychologist who specializes with some ADD kids, and the information is great, and I give it to my patients and their parents, um, and it's wonderful personally too. As someone who has ADHD, it wasn't diagnosed till later on in life, um, after medical school. Um, your podcast is just simply a breath of fresh air in my day, so just thank you for that. And I'm even listening to the the one with the. Uh, the jobs, what kind of jobs, because as I and my family shift back from the Midwest to the East Coast, I have to decide what kind of um, psychology position I want. And it couldn't be more timely that you had a podcast about what kind of job to pick. So thank you. Thank you again. Um, It's wonderful. Keep up the good work. Have a wonderful day. Great weekend. You can leave me a message too. The link is in the show notes. So don't hesitate. Tell me what you think. Now, Let's get to this week's episode because I think it's a pretty important one. This week, we are going to cover ADHD and the epidemic of shame. On my Instagram, the neurodivergent nurse is all one word. I will occasionally in my stories ask what people want to hear on the next episode. One of my followers replied back and this was what they recommended, which is a fantastic topic that certainly needs to be talked about. So that's just another cue. If you have Instagram and you're not following the neurodivergent nurse, do it because you get input on this show too. This show also belongs to you. As we start to talk about shame that is linked to ADHD, really we need to first begin understanding what shame is. Shame is one of the oldest English words and it originally meant to hide or to cover up. Shame is really the hardest thing to deal with since it tends to be hidden and never addressed. Feeling shame is different than feeling guilt. 
Those two are not the same word. They're not interchangeable. Guilt focuses on what someone has done. Shame focuses on who someone is. Shame is characterized by a constant sense of inadequacy, agonizing feelings of embarrassment and humiliation. You may even feel like you're developing a secret life. You're so ashamed of who you are or what you've done that you're pretty confident that you're never going to pass for normal. Shame is arguably the most painful of all the symptoms associated with ADHD. We carry it like a heavy anvil around our neck, telling ourselves things like, I'm bad, I'm stupid, I'm just a loser. I remember in my late 20s, I was dating this handsome physician who I swear, I swear was a doppelganger of McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy. If you don't know who Patrick Dempsey is, yeah, you need to just do a quick Google real quick. Give So, so that you can picture who I am talking about in this story. So, This physician had a gorgeous condo. It was in an old converted train station. He had fun cars. And of course, everything that he had was immaculate. I remember one evening, we were going to go out for dinner. And I parked my Envoy XL that I was driving at the time next to his Porsche 911 that we took out that evening. If your ADHD is anything similar to mine... This is not going to surprise you. You could not see any of the three rows of my passenger seats in my SUV. I had piles of clothes. I had a set of golf clubs. I had coolers from the time that I went tubing down the river. I had pet supplies. You name it. It was in my car and it was piled up to the ceiling. The first time that he looked into my car... I made an excuse of why my car was packed full of items. Who the heck knows what crazy thing that I came up with, but I'm not a good liar. But I was too embarrassed to say, uh, yeah, I just don't ever feel like cleaning it out. So I just put more stuff in there until I need it. Well, one of the next times that I went to the town that he was living in because we were going to have a great weekend and go out again, he surprised me by looking in my car again. I thought I was smart enough not to park next to him so that he wouldn't have the opportunity to glance into my car again. So I parked far away and he thought he was cute by saying, let's walk by your car real quick. And you, you've probably guessed by now it still looked the exact same. I had so much embarrassment and shame in that situation because It's who I was. I was messy, felt dirty. I felt lazy, especially with this person who has the potential to judge me and doesn't have the same issues that I do. Think about it. What what things make you feel ashamed? Is it that you're late, no matter how hard you try not to be, or that you haven't made more of the abilities that you were born with. This shame, it can penetrate to even deeper levels. You may feel ashamed of your thoughts, the things you desire, your preferences. So in return, many times, you just might feel the only way you can be accepted is to put on a mask because you are fundamentally flawed. I'm here to tell you, This type of shame that we're talking about right now is toxic. It is 
traumatic. It raises the stress hormone levels in your body and eventually it's going to corrode your memory and your executive functions. You may have had a teacher when you were in, let's say, fifth grade who planted a seed of shame, but you're now the one who intensifies it. You're watering that seed. You imagine harsh judges everywhere as if the world were swarming with strict fifth grade school teachers. You project the harsh judgments that you're making on yourself out onto everyone you meet. Soon, the world becomes like a huge set of judgmental eyes looming down on you, and your only option is to hide. I think it's important for us to just take a second right here before we get into more details of all of this. It's important to note that shame can lead to mood disorders, it can lead to crippling anxiety, and in some cases, it can cause self-medication with drugs or alcohol, all of which make it more difficult to solve problems and get out of the negative cycle. Shame can make you defensive, which can come across as anger. And if you lash out at the people who are closest to you, you may push them away just when you need them the most. Okay, now let's get back to talking about the topic. For people with ADHD, shame arises from repeated failure to meet expectations, whether it's from your parents, your teachers, your friends, your bosses, and just the world in general. It's estimated that people with ADHD receive 20,000 more negative messages by age 10 than they do positive messages. They view themselves as fundamentally different and flawed. We, we just know we're not like other people. Let's talk about how we feel bad about ourselves. It is especially painful when well-meaning people in our lives point out that we have failed or fallen short. People with ADHD are accused directly or through implication of being lazy or willfully disobedient as if we're actually set out to fail. It's hard not to feel bad about yourself. Let's be honest and take a trip down a very sensitive place in my life. In my first marriage, I personally was often referred to as a slob. I was referred to as irresponsible. I remember talking about potentially having children. And my first husband said, you are so irresponsible on day-to-day things. I don't think it's a good idea for us to have children because I don't think that you are responsible enough to have a child. Whoa, I still don't have a child at 36. But let's also pull back into the fact that I work two jobs and I managed my way through nursing school while I was training for a marathon. It didn't change that I adopted those ideas and what I saw or at least what I thought was the truth in those words that were given to me. Unfortunately, pockets of society, not just my ex-husband, still view ADHD as a moral deficiency, and individuals with ADHD as nothing more than lazy slackers. If you've heard the judgmental whispers all your life, it's likely that you've internalized them. When you look at your chaotic purse, you think, my life, my problem is that... I like discipline. Well, or when you're late to yet another meeting, you turn on yourself and you say to yourself, I'm a mess. I'm lazy. I'll never get ahead. People with ADHD who feel shame, they tend to withdraw into themselves. 
We hide behind a rage at the perceived source of the negativity that we feel. This could explain why people with ADHD fear letting others get to know them intimately or to see how they live. Individuals with ADHD, we harbor two horrible secrets. One is that our future is uncontrolled and uncontrollable. And two, life can inflict wounding shame just as easily as it engenders success. Let's talk about our problems with trying to be perfect. Shame causes many people with ADHD to try to be perfect. Typically, a person with ADHD thinks, if I look and do everything perfectly, I can avoid shame. A person with ADHD who holds this belief is constantly evaluating everyone in their lives. This includes their friends, their family, even their children. And they do this to see what they approve of and what they value and what these people give back to them. I posted in one of my comments on TikTok that I will often find a task easy to do, but makes the most impact on the surface. For example, my kitchen is a disaster every single day, every day. Weekdays that my husband works and I'm not at the hospital, he will come home and ask, so what did you do today? That question alone sends me into a panic of shame and worthlessness. I Let's be honest, I likely woke up at 10 a.m. and the next thing I knew, it was 3 p.m. with zero things accomplished. I'm going to be honest with you, I have found ways to avoid that shameful question, like finding an area of mess that will look accomplished on a grand scale, but the effort is really minimum. Unfortunately, the person with ADHD often forgets that, I don't know, the things that he or she or they genuinely want from their own life. The shame can also really evolve into something truly negative. Many people who feel shame, they slash we, just stop trying to do things, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, unless we are assured in advance of quick, complete, and easy success. We don't have the ability to sustain effort for long if we don't feel that we are succeeding completely. This is often misinterpreted as laziness. I feel like this word is used over and over again, but it's so true. And this will lead the person to feel more shame and to feel even more misunderstood. This is one reason why video games are so popular. If you fail, only you know. You reboot you move on, nothing really happened. Let's talk about a couple other negative things with shame. Let's be real. Shame gets in the way of asking for help. This includes both adults and kids with ADHD. For many people with ADHD, telling a doctor about their failures and asking to receive medication to help them succeed is unthinkable. We slash have tried everything and it just hasn't worked. I still have anxiety when I go to the brain center to be reevaluated and discuss how the medication that they prescribed to me is helping. I recently mentioned to the PA that was looking over my chart and following up on the last three months with my new dosage when he asked how it was working out. I told him it was great, but I take my medication at 4.30 in the morning on the days that I work, but that means that I can also feel that it's no longer in my system, which is around 2 p.m. in the afternoon. 
my shift isn't over until about 7.30 in the evening. Which, of course, I follow up with. But it's fine. It's no big deal. It doesn't have that much of an impact for the last five hours. Why do we do this to ourselves? It's not just adults. Many children would rather flunk than ask their teacher for help. This is why so many parents feel blindsided when they discover how badly their child is doing in school. Their child just didn't really tell them because it was so shameful to admit it. Let's talk about the issue with blaming others. Many equate blaming someone else for their failures with fixing the problem that caused them to feel shame to start off with. Once they have found someone to blame, they wash their hands of responsibility and accountability for correcting the mistake. The goal of breaking the cycle of shame is to adopt financiers George Soros' view, who said there is no shame in being wrong, only in failing to correct our mistakes. All right, so let's talk about this shame when it comes to work, our achievements, and our feelings of success. So not only does shame cause us emotional pain, it also is the chief cause of a huge problem in adults who have ADHD of our inability to feel good about our achievements. Consequently, it is common for ADHD adults to be all but impervious to positive remarks. Whatever they have legitimately achieved, they slash we feel that it must have been done by someone else or by accident. One of the main reasons adults with ADHD can't take pleasure in their own successes and creations is simply shame. First, we feel too ashamed to feel good. Secondly, we feel too defective to feel nourished. And third, likewise, we feel that it's practically immoral to feel proud of ourselves. Healthy pride is such an alien emotion that we have to look back into the dim recesses of our childhoods. Why? Because that's the last time we felt proud of ourselves many times. If we can find an instance even then. I think back to this past year in the pandemic, I do wonder how other nurses and medical professionals and frontline workers with ADHD handled it. Last year around this time in March slash April, people were celebrating those of us who worked in the hospital. There's been a ritual that started almost every evening now in New York City. And at 7 p.m., New Yorkers go out on the streets from their windows, and they cheer for healthcare workers. One of my favorite parts of the day, everybody comes out and cheers for us at seven o'clock, and it's just amazing. Uh, I wish they did this every day uh, during normal times. Just another night, you can see everybody's cheering for healthcare providers. Such amazing support from the community. I just, I can't even believe it. Dear valued and important employee, thank you so much for all you do as a doctor, nurse, or healthcare worker. My teacher is asking our class to write to someone in a profession who during this hard and scary time is putting their lives in danger just to keep everyone safe. So I decided that I wanted to write to you. 
one particular letter um, I was asked to read for you guys. They're valued and important employee. Thank you so much for all you do as a doctor. Thank you for putting your life on the line and trying to keep us safe. I know you guys probably wear gloves and hazmat suits, but because of the virus, you guys have to still treat the patients. This is extremely dangerous. I feel you guys are sacrificing so much just to keep everyone safe. We are all fearful and want this nightmare to end. I'm sure you're scared too. Would you put your fears aside and help those people to hopefully recover? It must be very hard watching these people at the verge of their life and then leaving after trying all that you could to save them. Most of the world is on lockdown and everything is shut down. You continue to work and help people survive and possibly end this virus. You know, not all heroes wear a cape. One amazing example are you guys. I bet you guys are saving more lives than Superman. You guys are true heroes. I'm honestly so thankful for you guys. I just want to close out by saying that you guys are my heroes. Thank you for working extra hours. Thank you for keeping our family safe. Thank you for being a great example for me and many other people. We will get through this, just you wait. But for right now, thank you guys so much for all you were doing. So we thank you. There were videos of people stepping out onto their balconies during shift change to cheer for the workers that face COVID-19 inside the walls of the hospital to protect their communities, our country, and the world as a whole with our own lives on the line. While I continue to blow off the thank yous that people offered because it was, it was really strange, but for a brief moment, I did take pleasure in the success of saving lives. It lasted about as long as the shooting star, as the dismissal of the world and the lives that we experienced daily as we went 12 to 14 hours inside the walls of the hospital. It, it was almost a feeling of fool me once for me. I feel that's what I get for feeling proud of my job well done. And this is relative because shame prevents you from allowing your best self to emerge. It gets in the way of every forward step you try to take. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I'm going to talk about a couple scenarios and I want you to tell me, does any of this sound familiar to you? Let's pretend that you want a new job. You call a business, but instead of asking to speak to the president or the person in charge, you figure you're too small for them. So you speak to an underling who really can do nothing for you. All right, likewise, you apply for a job, but instead of making a strong case for what you can do for the company, you present a self-destructive persona that is charming, but uninspiring. When you go shopping for clothes, you pick outfits that allow you to recede into the background as much as possible. Let's say you shake hands, but you have trouble making strong eye contact. That's a thing. Similarly, 
You want to ask questions at this interview, but you fear that your question is a stupid question. I went through that all of my nursing school. Even when you have a bright idea, you don't do anything with it because you figure it must not be that good of it if you are the one who thought of it. Or are you the type of person that you do all the work on a project then you don't speak up when someone else gets credit for what you've actually done? Finally, when someone doesn't call you back, let's go back to the interview, you assume it was because they found you lacking in some way. Boring! And this goes on and on and on. It is heartbreaking to watch an adult contribute wonderfully to the world, only to feel every day as if he or she or they had not. Likewise, it's painful to watch an adult work hard and do so much good, only to feel as if someone else had done the good things. To allow the adult who has ADHD to take deserved pleasure and pride in what he or she or they have done, they need to detoxify the shame that it plagued them for years. Let's talk about some helpful tips in ways in which we can begin dismantling the shame that we have. Okay, so laugh the shame away. (laughs) I've read this, and though I don't know how I personally feel about it, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I'll share it with you in the chance that it can genuinely help you. I've heard humor is one of the best weapons against shame. Laughing at a situation that has gone wrong or a mistake that you have made brings more self-acceptance and it softens the often harsh attitudes that we develop about ourselves in childhood. Humor takes away shame's power over us. I can certainly see this in some ways. To learn to laugh at the silly and dizzy mistakes that we have made. I have a friend whom I adore. That when I say or do something that is just ridiculous, that makes me shake my own head at myself, he would laugh, brush my hair off of my face, and say, (laughs) you're so pretty. This would make me laugh as well and help me realize it's okay. And the judgment isn't really that harsh. It's, It's just a part of what I do. I do urge you to recognize the difference at having a laugh at your tendencies versus laughing at yourself. Don't use the humor to mask the pain and the shame that you feel. Though people who feel ashamed are intensely focused on how the outside world sees them, the first step in combating this is self-acceptance. Unless a person with ADHD is able to accept and value themselves, even though we recognize we're not perfect. We really can't believe that others can love us just the way that we are. I'm going to encourage you, just as one of the tips, is to embrace the positives that go along with your ADHD, not just the negatives. Whenever you feel shame rise is ugly head, take a second to take stock of your talents and your strengths. ADHD is characterized by creativity, initiative, persistence, originality, and and so many other things. Learn to recognize these traits in yourself, even at moments when it seems impossible. If you do the work to draw them out and to strengthen these traits, you'll better defend yourself against feelings of shame. Some of the things that I personally feel negative about is accomplishing daily tasks. There's so much great advice surrounding it that I just 
started chipping away at the surface. Let's be honest. We love, <laughs> love, love, love. We love lists. I would advise you to buy a notebook, as I recently have, and to make a few lists each day. Let's talk about this list. One, I want to encourage you list three things about yourself that you like today. Maybe you're having a good hair day. Okay, well, put it on the list. Okay, number two, make a done it list. This has been very beneficial for me. Again, I struggle with feeling worthless and I struggle with feeling that I didn't accomplish enough or I was just too lazy each and every day that I'm not working. I have started keeping a list when I'm at home of the things that I accomplish with bullet points. For example, I outlined a podcast. I cleaned the kitchen counters. I made my follow-up appointment for my attentional specialist. Or maybe I even ordered a Mother's Day gift. These are the things that I put on my done-it list. Eventually, with doing this, you're going to realize that you are accomplished. You've done so much more than you give yourself credit for. Another topic that I think that we completely negate is that we need to expect respect. People who are buried by shame sometimes let other people walk all over them. You may be afraid to disagree with your boss or out of fear that you'll blurt something stupid out. But this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you don't expect respect, people are unlikely to give it to you. When you learn to recognize your own strengths instead of being held back by shame, you can set healthy limits to how people treat you. All right, let's talk about tackling your shame head on. Let's talk about directly targeting the issues that cause it. Similar to what I mentioned about the list, let's find ways to put it into action. For example, if you feel ashamed because you're always losing your car keys, come up with a specific system to keep track of them. Try taking a small basket and putting it on a table by the front door and train yourself to put your keys in the basket every day when you come in. As you track your record, it slowly improves and your shame will turn into pride and a bit into a higher self-esteem. I think it's important for me to point out that let's not make excuses for the ADHD and for the shame. I can't say to a patient, look, I have ADHD, so I forget got that you asked for pain medications two hours ago. It doesn't work that way. So don't become so consumed by your shame that you excuse yourself from inappropriate behaviors. Instead, acknowledge your ADHD as an underlying cause and do the necessary work to overcome it, even when it's challenging. I released an episode on this podcast March night named, quote, Work Tips for the Neurodivergent Nurse. In that episode, I had a popular podcast host from Nursing Uncensored who discussed the difficulties nurses have as bedside nurses with ADHD, and she shared really amazing tips and tricks for managing it. Adrian, who is the host that I'm talking about, also made a blog with those tips and even more. I'll add the link in the show notes again. But you have to remember, our brains they do cause difficulties for us. But there are people who offer advice to help you flourish instead of making those excuses. 
It's also important, if you have ADHD, to find yourself a cheerleader. Having someone, a friend, a neighbor, a coach, a grandparent who accepts and loves someone with ADHD, despite their faults and shortcomings, is vital in overcoming shame. This is the opposite of perfectionism in which our approval is contingent on what the person has done lately. The accepting person acts as a vessel that holds the memory of you as a good and valuable person, even when things go wrong. Because guess what? They will. Let's talk about strength in numbers. An ADHD support group can be a welcome island for a person with ADHD. Finally, the person is understood. The other people in the group have been in his or her or their shoes, and they know the shame of failure and the feeling of being different. The group sees this person as they are and corrects the distortions that result from hiding in an inner world of shame. What's more, self-help groups set ADHD-specific goals that are more realistic and loving. All right, let's talk about uncovering the truth. A doctor and therapist need to be vigilant for signs of shame because most people with ADHD hide it from the world. It is key to proper diagnosis and successful therapy that therapists and patients are aware of the emotional intensity that is part of the patient's life. A lot of patients attempt to hide this emotional component because we are fearful of being wounded further if people know our truth. And lastly, don't give up. People with ADHD are unbelievably tenacious. We keep trying, even even when it's hard. It's a part of what makes us special. Once you identify your positive traits, you build your support system, you find out where you thrive, you can work towards putting your shame behind you. I'm going to add lots of links as resources, and I hope that you realize through this podcast that having ADHD, being neurodivergent, is not a bad thing. We just have to figure out how to thrive in a neurotypical world, but that's what I'm here for. That's what we're here for. We're going to make it work. And there is a whole community of people who love and who appreciate you and who value the brain and the way that you think and the way that you operate in this world. Thank you for taking the time to tune in to this week's episode of the Neurodivergent Nurse. I hope that you leave this episode with a lot of tips that's going to help you or to make you feel seen and understood. Be sure to like and follow the Neurodivergent Nurse on Instagram, on Twitter. I also want to share with you, starting this week, there is a new kickoff. You can become a Patreon to the neurodivergent nurse. So if you are not satisfied with just hearing four episodes a month of this podcast, you have the opportunity to listen to two to four extra episodes every single month of the neurodivergent nurse, all things ADHD. You're also going to get some like background information. You are also going to get behind the scenes stuff. It's so much good stuff. So if you're interested, check out the Patreon that's in the show notes for the Neurodivergent Nurse. And as normal, I'm going to end this week's episode with a joke. So if you have listened this far, 
Thank you for tuning in. Okay, I signed up for an ADHD support group. We meet every Tuesday night from 6 o'clock to 608, 612 to 622, 631 to 644, 646 to 7 o'clock. Have a great week, and I can't wait to talk to you again.